0: Welcome to Life Happens, where Texans come to protect their legacy and prepare for the second half of life. Join your host, Attorney Kim Hegwood, with Hegwood Law Group and our weekly guest as we navigate the challenges that emerge as life happens. Now here's your host, Kim Hegwood.
1: Good morning. Today we have Regina Wagner with us with all things senior consulting. Welcome, Regina. So super glad that you're here on the show today.
0: Thank you for having me, Kim.
1: And uh, so tell us the our listeners a little bit about um, what you do.
0: Absolutely. I am what's called a pre-planning specialist. And that involves helping individuals pre-plan their funeral and prepay.
1: And we tell all of our clients to buy now rather than later, because what we're seeing is the cost of funerals have done nothing but, but go up.
0: Absolutely. So,
1: so one of the things that, uh, that we had kind of talked about to, you know, for the show today were the, the unexpected cost. Mm-hmm. And so can you tell the listeners today about what you consider the unexpected cost of
0: planning? Absolutely, Kim. And before I go into that, let me just share with you and your audience a little bit about me and my past so you can understand why I'm so passionate about this particular topic. Perfect. Mm -hmm. At the age of 26, my twin brother passed away unexpectedly. He wasn't unhealthy. In fact, he had served the Marines and had an honorable discharge. He wasn't overweight. He didn't have any medical conditions. But he went to work one day, and he thought he was almost electrocuted, and it evidently was enough to change the rhythm of his heart. So at the age of 26, he laid down, and he had a seizure and passed. As you would imagine, all of us was devastated. We we, we just didn't see it coming. He had a wife of only about a year and a half, so they were newlyweds. They had a baby less than a year old. And my twin brother probably thought he would live forever like all of us, right? Yeah. So he only had $50,000 of insurance. He only had what his company provided him. And absolutely, he did not plan. So quite naturally, as you would expect, his family was devastated. Now, fast forward for a moment to two years. And before let, let, let me back up just a little bit. Before two years, my tw- after my twin brother passed away, we all went out and we did some planning because we saw the devastation that that took place with my family. So we did some planning. We met with attorneys. Uh, we got our wills and our trust. We did all of that. And then two years later, my baby sister had complications with her pregnancy and she passed away. Oh no. Yeah.
1: I'm so sorry. That's, that's devastating.
0: It is. It words can't explain what a family goes through when there's an unexpected death so my baby sister passed away the difference was my twin brother didn't plan and my baby sister did and because she planned she left me a legacy she left me a financial gift because i was in a marriage that wasn't working and she thought of me at the age of in her 20s And as tough as everything I'm sharing with you is, you fast forward eight years and my oldest sister lost her battle to breast cancer. So when I sit down or when I do educational events like what you've offered uh, today for me to share, I come to your audience, your clients, to let them know this is real. I know firsthand what it's like for your loved ones when we plan and when we don't plan.
1: Yeah, I can appreciate that. I, I, I'm I'm so sorry for your loss because that's, I have two great sisters and I, that would be devastating, you know, for me. Mm-hmm. So I think the worst, I think I feel probably really, probably worse for your mom.
0: Yes, because my parents had to bury three children. Yeah, I, I don't know them. how they did it, I don't. Yeah.
1: As but, a mom, I expect to outlive my
0: kids, you know, right. not before, so. That's correct. And the reason I share that, Kim, is because so many people don't think it will happen. Now, more so than ever during the COVID-19 pandemic, it is on people's mind. People do want to do more planning, and that's good. I'd like to start talking about this very important topic funeral pre-planning and the cost of not planning by starting with a couple of questions. I want everyone's attention. What are your wishes? Have you started that conversation yet with your family, friends? And when I say, what are your wishes? I'm asking, do you want a traditional funeral or do you want a burial? cremation you'd be surprised in fact kim i bet you're not surprised because you probably have to deal with the after effect of families and uh, the turmoil that comes when families are fighting and they uh, are at odds as to what to do so i would like to start by having people think about the answer to those questions
1: We talk about that when we're doing pre-planning with my clients, because in my family, we talk about everything Mm -hmm. at the kitchen table. And so if we're even having lunch somewhere or something else, we've had the conversation because we had the conversation with my mom, you know, about what she wanted. Um, I had the conversation with my kids over, here's what you're going to do for me. And I'm going to lay it all out for you to make it Mm -hmm. easy. Mm
0: -hmm. We're going to
1: prepay and plan everything. And, I laughed. I said, "I'm even getting my headstone so it looks like what I want it to look like." You know, so just just doing the whole thing to make sure I don't ever have to. The kids don't have to worry
0: about it. Right, I and they don't they don't want to talk about it too much. But we no. gotta force their hand because when it's done, oh, what peace of mind.
1: Yeah, that's I, that's what I think about planning too. Just nice peace of mind, getting it all taken care of, making sure that the the family doesn't have anything to worry about and so that it's all kind of taken care of. And I think that's the best thing we can do for, for our families.
0: Absolutely. In fact, now let's talk about those unexpected costs. Most people are completely caught off guard with these costs. You have to pay for the funeral services, right? Funeral home services, the funeral director and staff, the facility, the transfer of the remains, I'm just I'm just going to name a few because I can't possibly cover it all. But just so people can think about these costs, because if you've never planned a funeral before, you really don't know. You have to think about uh, the price of a casket, memorial programs, urns, clothing, flowers, out of burial containers. You're thinking about cemetery plots. Uh, there's a cost to grave opening and closing. you mentioned a moment ago, Kim, about your marker or your headstone that's a cost newspaper notices or obituaries, legal fees, probate cost, debt certificate medical uh, outstanding medical bills if that's applicable. There are a lot of unexpected costs and people need to plan yes. <laughs>
1: Yeah. It, um, it surprised me because the first funeral I ever had to plan by myself was my grandfather's. And oh. so I had, I'd had gone into the funeral home where all of my family has used for years and years and years. And I was devastated. I was grieving and I probably spent 12 or $13,000. Um, you know, and I, and I still today, he's been gone since '06. I found when I was digging through the closet, the box that came with cards and stuff that I, the guy told me I needed, you know, needed to have those. Um, I can still remember walking and looking at the caskets thinking, you know, which one, because people are going to see it. You know, I wanted it to be pretty. And in my head, I could hear him going, uh, pine box, pine box, pine box, you know, <laughs> don't spend
0: money, you know.
1: So it was, um, I tell clients cause I come from this with personal experience. You spend money when you're grieving more money than you would spend if you weren't. And yes. So.
0: My twin brother, when he passed the, so it's now 31 years ago. So I'm giving my age. Um, my sister-in-law brought me with her to the funeral home and we were grieving just like you would imagine. Right? Yeah. I remember 31 years ago that funeral cost eighteen thousand oh, dollars Yeah, now, i'm sure my twin brother knowing you know what little funds were left to take care of the the you know the, the living expenses with him being gone he would not have agreed to that
1: yeah my grandfather would have been horrified over the money i spent on mm-hmm. the you know on the funeral and um and so but um you know it was just one of those things where i I didn't know any better at the time. Right.
0: You know, That's I right.
1: should have done it. Um, my grandmother passed away about nine months before he did. I should have gone in right after that when I was better and, um, and not feeling so sad and hurting to um, and plan that because I would have been a little, I think I would have been a little bit more pragmatic about it. Um, at least I like to think so. And Absolutely. which is why I think it's so good to have people like you so we can sit down and say, hey, you know, I'd like to have all these things and then kind of get reined in a little bit, you know, in that aspect of it. And so,
0: yeah, Absolutely. I had a lot of
1: conversations about, you know, what I wanted for, you know, the kids, you know, we, I've talked about it just kind of periodically, you just kind of throw it out there. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I lost a client today. Don't forget this is what I want.
0: Yes. You know, oh, I completely you of that.
1: Just kind of remembering, just reminding just in case. And so, you know, my sisters know, my mom knows, and so everybody knows. And um, so it, it's very helpful. Mm-hmm. But there are um, a lot of decisions that you have to make pretty fast, and there's a lot of them, correct?
0: That is correct. You have had the experience of planning a funeral for a loved one. A lot of people have not. Yeah. And, and some people who have planned are not totally aware that there's some things that they could have done ahead of time. We all know at some point we're going to pass away, right? We don't know the day, we don't know the hour, but we know it's going to happen. Yet when it does happen, we're thrown into this situation to do some planning and decision making, and it's been stated, it's actually been documented that 75 to 100 decisions you are having to make in a 24-hour period. So let's kind of cover a few of those. And again, I'm only going to touch on a few so people can go, oh, my gosh, I have not thought about that. Right. And we can get the start. We can get the planning started. Number one, you have to decide what funeral home are you going to use? What type of service? Traditional cremation. Where will the service be held? Will it be? a full service or will it be a memorial without the viewing of the body? Did you know that you could rent a casket instead of buying one? Mm -hmm. Do you know your loved one's full legal name? There's so many family members that I know, I only know them by Uncle CJ or something, right? And so do you know their occupations? If they were a veteran, do you know their date of service, right? Do you know what rank they held? Do you know their discharge number or what they call the DD214? Do you know your loved one's legal marital status? I could go on and on, mother's maiden name. Do you know next of kin and family and friends to be notified? Were they uh, associated with a sorority, a fraternity, Lions, Rotary Club? Oh my goodness, Elks, let's see. You also have to notify creditors. Do you know who they are, who to call? Will they even talk to you because of personal health information or HIPAA? Uh, let's see here. Oh goodness, that's that's just some.
1: Let me give you one more that you probably, is on your list but you didn't think about. <laughs> if all your friends and family contacts is on your cell phone and someone doesn't know how to access your cell phone. That yes. happened to a friend of mine passed away. His son did not know the code to open his phone to notify as many people as he wanted to notify because oh. he couldn't get into dad's phone. And oh. so that happens a lot. Um, yes. Passwords, not knowing passwords, username passwords so that you can access the information that you need without having to go through a huge ordeal. But really just, you know, my, my, um, uh, contacts have been electronic since, uh, back when I had, and that's a big running joke around here. I found my Palm pilot that I had from back in the day, evidently when I moved offices from one side of the building to the other, I never threw it away. And so, so I have this old Palm pilot. So I've been really literally putting stuff in electronics for years now. And, um, and so th- the fun thing is, is that even the grandkids can open my phone and they're, <laughs> uh, six and nine. And, you know, so like they can open the phone. So I'm not really worried about people not being able to find my contacts, but it happens a lot. People don't know the code.
0: That's a great one.
1: That's hugely important. Username passwords in accessing that telephone because that's where their friends are.
0: Is that correct? Great point. Thank you for bringing that up. Yes. There's a lot of decisions that have to be made pretty quickly.
1: And so a lot of people, don't realize that the funeral home wants to get paid right away.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, they do. Funeral homes provide a beautiful service. Mm-hmm. We, we don't want to take that away because it, it, it gives us a place to get together, to grieve, to fellowship with different people, family, friends we haven't seen, uh, and, and it allows us closure. A lot of people think, just stick me in a pine box in the ground, is the best way to do it but we really do need to provide a way for people to have a healthy grieving process so i do want to mention that but you mentioned the money and that they want to get paid you have to pay for your services that you've selected before the service begins you know and so a lot of family members when i'm talking to them about the planning process some of a some of the conversations go like this well i have a a, an investment account a 401k and that would be more than enough but what if the stock market is down and those funds are worth very little or you don't want to pull them out while the value is down some people say well you know what i'll use my savings account i've got an emergency what if that loved one had a lot of medical bills and they had to deplete those savings? Now that's gone. So a lot of people who thought they were going to be okay when something happened, life happened and those funds were no longer available for many different reasons. When you're sitting and you're planning a funeral and the funeral home wants those funds, many cases, here's what happened. And and this is what happened with my sister-in-law. You let them know that there is a life insurance policy. That's all you got. And you have to sign over that check, those, those proceeds to the funeral home. They covered the expenses and they cut you a check for the difference. But while The funeral home is waiting for the insurance company to pay those proceeds. And by the way, a traditional life insurance policy can take weeks and months to pay out. And in some cases, if there is any question as to what happened, it could take years. So the point I'm making is when you sign that those those insurance proceeds over to the funeral home, that's a loan. You have to pay interest on that so again the fees and the unexpected costs keep rising and rising
1: and so what i found was that um you were talking earlier about you know yes i've got money in the bank and things like that but what we find with a lot of families is that people don't have the ability to access it
0: that's a good point accounts are frozen aren't they
1: well the problem is is a lot of people they they don't do good planning their family can't access the money. And so that makes it really difficult if you can't access the money. So then you're thinking, Oh my God, what do I do now? You know, uh, you know, how do I, how do I pay for it? And so it's been very devastating. I mean, today, you know, you see a lot of people raising money, you know, the whole GoFundMe accounts Mm -hmm. and things like that. What we've seen in a lot of those is, uh, a lot of things are getting paid for, but not the funeral necessarily are things that you, when you're donating money for a funeral and the people get more money, well, that's just their money to do with whatever, you know, so you're finding that a lot of people are not using the money the way you think they're using it when you're donating. So that's become a problem as well. You want to help, but you want to make sure, you know, it's going to the right people for the right reasons.
0: Correct. And you would would see less people contributing because they're just concerned as to where the funds are going to go. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: So a lot of times we've told clients before that if you want to make a donation, make it directly to the nurse uh, to the funeral home. Mm-hmm. So that would know for sure it's going towards the, you know, the funeral itself versus doing something for, you know, for anything else. And so it makes mm-hmm. a huge difference. And so,
0: huge, huge difference.
1: So we um, so we've talked about the, the cost of not planning, you mm-hmm. know, all the decisions you have to make. And um, so what are the recommendations for your clients? I mean, How do you walk them through uh, deciding what to do, how to do it, how to pay for it and the things that come along with that process of what you're, you're, you know, you're eventually going to have to go through.
0: Absolutely. I, I want to go back to something you mentioned about uh, the money, where the money's coming from and life insurance uh, and, and its purpose because of my life experiences having lost three siblings, I want to make sure people understand life insurance is for the living. Life insurance, if you've left a spouse, whether it's a husband or wife, there are living expenses associated. Uh, You know, at first there were two income households, and now there's one. You've got children, you've got a college education, you've got mortgage, living expenses. So life insurance is definitely something I encourage, but it has a purpose. Now, taking, and and I have that dialogue, I have that conversation with them. But let me share with you what I do with my clients. I, probably about 95, getting close to 98% of my business comes from referrals. So. I earned that trust that I gained from advisors like yourself, uh, legal attorneys, uh, financial advisors, insurance agents. A lot of professionals that are trusted referred their clients to me. And here's how that process looked. When they come to me, I'm going to ask them that beginning question. What are your wishes? Have you thought about it? Do you want to be... Uh, Buried and have a traditional funeral, or do you want cremation? There is nothing worse than a family member choosing cremation because they think or because there aren't any funds available. And the truth is, cremation is less costly. But what if the loved one wanted a cremation? Now that stress, that uh, guilt is removed. So, my first I guess step that I encourage people to take is answer that question and share it like you, Kim, with your family member. My daughter, I have twins that are going to be 30 next week. And I have an older son that's 33. And so when I start reminding them like you, they're like, oh, mom, I don't want to hear that. But the truth is I want a traditional burial for right now. That's my wishes. I've decided I want a white casket. I decided that I want red flowers and roses. Red is my favorite color. Uh, So just by slowly having those conversations and taking some of that uncomfort, you know, that, that discomfort away, it helps. So start with the conversation. I would love to see people have a podcast and get out in the community and just simply ask the question. So once we get past the question, then we start, uh, I have them answer, so what does that look like? If you decide you want to have a memorial service, what does it look like? Some people pick a memorial by the beach. Some pick a memorial at a park or at the, in the backyard. you know just there's so many venues and places that you can have people uh, grieve and say goodbye. So I take them through that process and we put that uh, pencil to paper or in the computer, and then we put prices associated with it so they can lock in. Here's, the, here's something very important. Once you did your planning and you decided how you want to be remembered, we're gonna connect that to cost. And here's what people don't understand. Every funeral home is different. Okay. You can have a, casket at one funeral home, they're going to charge you $5,000. Another funeral home may charge you $10,000. So you have to do your homework. You have to work with a specialist like myself, where we can go in and help you navigate the, the choppy waters. But once we associate a cost, we put a plan together that fits your budget. A person is going to lock in the today's cost of things like casket, urns, funeral home services. So you're locking in and you're protecting yourself against rising costs and inflation. Once you determine what's comfortable for your budget, you're going to either pay that in a lump sum single payment or you could stretch it out and make monthly payments for a couple of years. And then when it's paid off, it's paid off. And When that time comes, we don't know when, but your loved one will have to only make one phone call and all your wishes are then carried out. How lovely is that?
1: I think it's the best way to the best way to do things, and so I've been uh, pressing my mom. my mom actually wants to be cremated where I want a traditional burial. Mm-hmm. And, and so so we had the conversation because she'd gone to her local funeral home and said, "You know, can you give me a you know a price for a cremation and a memorial service?" And the bill was forty seven hundred dollars. And I went, yeah, no, there's something very wrong with this picture, you know? So I was like, no, no, we, I can get it done for you a lot cheaper, a lot less cost, you know, by all means, no, I know all the right people. Mm -hmm. And so to alleviate that, so now we go back in and and redo that because they charged her for things that I found out that were not necessary for Mm -hmm. a cremation. Mm -hmm. They charged her for a funeral director. You don't need a funeral director when you cremate somebody. Mm You know, so the costs were astronomical. And I was like, yeah, you really, really have to be very aware of what you can be charged for and know the things that you shouldn't be charged for. Because my mother in all innocence would have paid that almost five grand had she not had someone like me that's had very good referrals sources, like someone like you that has been educating people over the years to say, yes, no, that's not a good price. You know, I can get it done for you for less than a thousand dollars. And uh, When the time comes, I'll just pick you up and take you to where we're going to do your memorial service. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, laughingly, you know, just really being, you know, really joking about it mm-hmm. because you, you kind of have to laugh, you know, because otherwise you're sad and nobody wants to be sad.
0: You know? right. so, and uh, that's not the time that people are thinking properly. So, yeah. to get your wishes, and then if your wishes are, you know, just like you said, your wishes would be traditional, but your mother's wishes is cremation, yeah, you know. So, can you just think about the conflict there? You guys have had that conversation, it's not easy to do a cremation unless there's pr- proper documentation in place, and and here's something else funerals as well as cremations, the prices vary depending on the region you live in. You know, what, we, what our average cost in Texas is going to be different than another state. So there's so much involved. And my biggest thing is to ask, what would you like? What are your wishes?
1: Yeah. And so I think it's very important to, to talk about it. And so um, ironically enough, my mother brought that subject up with us. Back when my kids were little, wow! It was the first time we actually had the conversation, and uh, and the big running joke in the family was, okay, Mom wants to be cremated, but what are we going to do with her? You know, so um, so that was the big joke for a long time, you know, in that aspect. And so I tell my clients those stories, and um, yes. they're really funny, and um, and so just to, but it really brings it home that you got to be thinking about even the little things mm-hmm. over. You know, you're going to be cremated. You've got an urn that's got ashes in it. I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Now what do you do with it? Yes, because that's. I've had more families fight over remains lately than I've ever had. That's who a good. Right, who has the right to decide who gets the remains? I mean, technically, the law says if you're the spouse, you get them. But what if you're on that second or third marriage and mm-hmm. your kids don't have any choices? Wow. You know so it's really really important that you think about the the legalities as well while you're doing that planning to make sure that the right people are in place to make the right decisions the way you want them to do that and that's all comes down to planning you know, sitting down with you sitting down with me or someone mm-hmm. like me and um, and making sure that everything is done the way it needs to be done and it's all laid out and um and so cuz it, it alleviates a whole lot of family fighting i've had clients that have spent thousands of dollars in probate court you know, arguing over, you know, who gets the remains and how you're, wow. um, and it's been, it's devastating for families, you know, yeah. cause not only have you lost a loved one, but then to have to fight over what to do, you know, with the mm-hmm. body per se, you know, mm-hmm. is just horrifying. And so, yes. so I, and a,
0: and a lot of this, just like you said, families are arguing they're divisive and a lot of it could have been prevented with some planning. I commend you, Kim. I, I am so excited to hear that you look out for your clients and you anticipate the problems down the road that they could have. So you're helping them with the planning to prevent that.
1: I, uh, I laugh and tell most people. And I, I've, my per, in my personal life, I've had to navigate a ton of the things that my clients have, are, are coming into and having to do now. So a lot of my input comes from personal experience, sadly. Mm-hmm. Sadly, yep. some of it from personal mm-hmm. experience. And so, but I think that's what drives us, you know, like you, you've had a lot of tragedy in your family, mm-hmm. but it drives your practice. It does. It so much of a better planner. And um, and so in, in that part of it um, is very helpful because your story is going to help someone else, mm-hmm. you know, as painful as it is. And so, you know, and I appreciate the fact that you shared that with us because that's, mm-hmm. that's a lot of pain to have to go through and, um, and you know, sharing it, putting it out there and saying, you know what, do all the right things. And mm-hmm. so make sure that your family doesn't have to go through, you know, what we went through. Yes. Um, a lot of people don't realize that when they're thinking about life insurance, um, they're thinking, well, you know, I've got a good job. If I, you know, if something happens to my wife, you know, I've, I still make good money. She wasn't working anyway. And mm-hmm. I had a conversation with a guy at a workshop one time I said, but, uh, you work overtime right now? And he said, yes. I said, well, you won't do that anymore. Mm -hmm. Uh, you, your wife takes care of the child takes care of, you know, the house, uh, you know, so I'm like, Mm -hmm. now you've got to have somebody to replace that, you know? And what about the yard? You don't have time to do the yard. Now you've got kids all weekend, Mm -hmm. you know, so how are you going to manage that? You know? So you think about, uh, and always laugh and tease the ladies. I'm like, and even the guys, the husbands that are the stay at home uh, dads yes, to replace you about 152,000 a year do mm-hmm. the math, you know? So you always want to make sure that you've done those calculations that, you know, and when you have children with disabilities, yes, you really yes. need to be thinking how much can we maximize, you know? So we talk to clients about getting good life insurance, getting lots of it, getting it outside of work. Yes. So you lose your job. Um, you still have it. It's there. And i um, mean most of it, if you get it young, I know you're going to tell your clients this, it's not that expensive.
0: And it's so not. Getting, you know, it's not done. very expensive. And, and, and I want to interject, if I would. You, you just brought up a great point. And I really, since we've got some folks out there listening, right now, I think the, the, on the news yesterday, over 16 million people unemployed. Guess what? That means that life insurance that they had on the job went away.
1: And so it's real important to make sure you have those what we call those um, out of work policies, you know, the ones Mm -hmm. that are away from work, away from work Mm -hmm. policies. And so definitely, definitely doing that. And so. Great point. Yeah. So, Regina, I just want to thank you for for being on the show today. It's been a huge pleasure. And so and I'm hoping that. uh, we'll see you again and uh, maybe on a slightly, slightly different topic the next go round.
0: Absolutely. Thank you for having me here. I'd like to make an offer to your audience. Uh, if they go to my website, allthingsseerconsulting.com, and uh, they can request a free, no obligation, no cost planning guide. That planning guide will walk them through the process that you and I are talking about. And I also give them a vital statistic form to complete. So all those things that are needed to complete a debt certificate, they can fill this form out, put it with their wills and trust. And when that time comes, that's less emotional burden on their family. So I'd like to end by saying plan ahead and protect your loved ones. Thank you for having me, everyone.
1: Absolutely. Thanks a bunch.
0: Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Life Happens with Kim Hegwood. Be sure to tune in every Thursday at 10 a.m. wherever you listen to your podcast as we navigate through the challenges that emerge as life happens. The content of this podcast does not establish an attorney-client relationship or constitute attorney-client privilege, legal, medical, financial, or any other professional advice.